0: We're taking the Velvet Queen to the World's Fair and we're dancing to some Casablanca beats with your mum and dad. I'm Van Connor,
1: And I'm Vex Perfect. And this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Offscreen. We are back and if you are in the realm of watching the cinema this weekend or going to the <laughs> cinema this weekend, shall I say, you would be not you'd be forgiven for thinking that the one big film out there is is the the great Downton Abbey. I am especially hmm. excited to go and watch this. However, we're gonna tell you right up front and be completely honest with you today that both Van and I, I I'm out of the were, country. We're not able to watch it. You're out of the country, <laughs> I wasn't able to watch it. So we've yeah. got some some different movies for you, but let's just say, let's just be very honest and say should we, the should the we right just, Downton should we just... Abbey comes out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should we just note as well how hilarious that is? That the Brit is stuck in America, and it turns out that *Downton Abbey*, about the most British movie ever made, ever made, you know, won't come out here until the end of May. So they're not even press showing it here yet. I can't even get into a press. Show. I could I could have strolled into a. I couldn't have swung a cat without hitting a press show in central London this past week. Oh, I tell you.
1: I would have thought I would have thought that that our friends across the pond would have gone mad for this oh. as soon as they possibly can, <laughs> but uh, well, look, I'm sorry to say we don't have Downton for you, but we do have uh, quite the selection of other range. movies that are out this week. Yeah, an eclectic range. Shall we kick off with, um, well, some some. Some snow leopards. That might be the way to go with things with the Velvet Queen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the full, full title, uh, full UK title, I believe, is the Velvet Queen: colon, Snow Leopard. I uh, think the original title is La Panthère de Neige. Uh, it is. It's directed by and stars uh, wildlife photographer Vincent Munier, who takes along for the ride Sylvain Tasson, the author, on a journey to uh, to document snow leopards in the Tibetan mountains. And you know, apparently, it's very difficult to. to see them before they see you and flee. They're very skittish. And so this is a sort of mm. almost apocalypse now journey through, let's just say, about the most French prism ever constructed that you could view something through in the journey of wildlife documentation. Bex, you had the pleasure of this, or at least some. <laughs> Did I? Did I? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would call this
1: goggle box for people trying to find a snow leopard because you spend three quarters of this movie watching the people waiting for the snow leopards. And I'm like, guys, take a leaf out of Attenborough's books. There's better ways <laughs> of putting out something about snow leopards. You literally only get to see the snow leopard in like the last 10 minutes. It is, oh Ch- my I'll
0: tell you what I thought of at one point because it's only, I think it's 91 minutes long. And you do feel it, because it's a lot (laughs) of, here's two dudes just sat in the snow and there's like a monologuing voiceover that sounds like ponderous, and like I say, very French. Uh, Apocalypse Now style philosophizing what is the nature of man. When man does nothing, what is but life? strive to. Yeah, it is very much like that. It's 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 like that that Peter Griffin philosopher ancestor oh, cut away with the God. why you know kind of moment. I found myself thinking of the Guinness advert with the he waits. That's what he does. <laughs> he waits. Doom yeah. doom 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 I mean, doom, he waits doom, for doom, ninety whole if, minutes. You, <laughs> if you had edited this entire thing to that thing from the Guinness advert, with, doom 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 in the background from the heat I Might think this something. would have worked, actually. But um, yeah. that's the thing, though. It's shot, it, it, it's gorgeous. It, it's just incredibly well shot. I mean, there's some fantastic visuals in it. And- mm.
1: I, But not I, I, r- I not brilliantly and, graded. Not brilliantly well, graded in my mind. Yes,
0: no, no, that's the thing as well. Some great shots, but not very consistent. And that's gonna no. come up in another one that I know you've seen later on as well, but mm. we'll, we'll get to that. Either way, I would say uh, this one is, uh, well, if if Downton sold out this week. Let's let's just call it that one. Velvet Queen, see it yeah. in limited limited theatrical if, if Downton is closed for the week. What else? What are we doing next? Are we talking about uh, Casablanca beats Well, let's
1: go a little bit, yeah, let's get a little bit more upbeat. Casablanca Vitz is on, it's in cinemas, but also video on demand from today as well. It's rated 12A. Um, take us through this one. Please say it's a little bit more upbeat and there's got more movement to it than the Snow Leopard <laughs>
0: Right, okay, I'm, I'm going to pitch you, okay, um, uh, Moroccan dangerous minds with hip-hop instead of uh, poetry. i <laughs> How's, how's that one work? Does that work for you? Because this is far and yeah. away the most I enjoyed any movie this week, and it was quite a okay. forgettable week. Luckily, I had already been to see Everything Everywhere all at once down the local like, celebration cinema here. So uh, I had I have had some fun this past week. I've gotten to see Michelle Yeoh kicks some ass, which we're going to get to talk nice. about in about two weeks. I can't wait. Um, so like I said, this is about um, a rapper turned sort of aspiring Robin Williams in Dead Poet style figurehead who takes... Takes a job at a local cultural center, basically um, uh, uh, teaching kids a music class, basically adding hip hop to the uh, the curriculum of a music class, and trying to inspire young young delinquent youths to sort of find themselves and to find further aspirations. It is exactly the movie you think it is, and like I say, Moroccan uh, Moroccan uh, Dangerous Minds with hip hop is about an apt description you could possibly come up with for it um i will say predictably amazing playlist like obviously nice. There's because there's times when this goes full sister act two you know the point when oh. the kids in sister act two kind of took over like music oh yeah has that going for it where here you get the kids as they start to sort of find as they start to assert themselves and find their confidence and start to step forward they take Can over get- the playlist yeah
1: do we get Dolores Van Cartier equivalent going? La 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 <laughs>
0: yeah, You know <laughs> what? You actually do. You you actually get an aspiring voice to men moment in this as well. Oh, wow. There's even a moment that just reminded me straight up of that moment from uh, uh, Straight Outta Compton, in in which you, you hear Easy E finding his sort of his recording voice for the first time. There is a moment that's nice. just like that in this, and it took me straight to that moment F. Gary Gray's uh, uh, Straight out of Compton. Um, I will say, I thought. Um, I was, an- Anas Babusi I think his name is as, is, as the mm. lead as, uh, as, an, as funnily enough Anas um, is really great I think he's got tremendous presence in this because it's a very um, he, he is a sort of Michelle Pfeiffer role here and yeah Yeah. the the way that they they come at this character is they they come at the character from the idea of the establishment being sort of old and fuddy-duddy aren't really down for his more delinquently tinged his more controversial ways and it doesn't go down well within the community for instance what um you know what what he is inspiring in for instance the female members of the class because remember you know muslim community um and the way that this, the way that he plays in the face of that at once is you know inspiringly defiant. It is that straight up old school Sydney Potier, you know kind of they called me Mr. Tit kind of, kind of moment. It is that blackboard jungle kind of authority figure assertion, but at the same time he doesn't shy, his performance doesn't shy away from showing you that, showing you his own nuances and his own straws and formability within that. So really good performance, I would say.
1: And is he quite an established, or is this kind of full of newbies, or am I putting you on the spot to not know that? I mean, <laughs> you, you were put,
0: you were putting me on the spot, to be honest, but that's only because <laughs> I had checked and then forgotten and have just checked again now. So I can tell you that it is the only credits to his IMDb name, so I, I couldn't right. find uh, anything else with it. Um, and I will good. say, if it's not quite if as conventionally t- gripping. Of course, cool,
1: OK. No, I was just going to say, that's that's good that there's... that for someone who is essentially quite new to this space command such a presence on the screen. I think that's quite a positive thing and shows that there might be a bright future for this particular actor as well
0: itself is not as conventionally gripping in that mainstream pop sense as for instance the obviously comparable dangerous minds or any of the you know sort of dead poet society mm. mr Tim's blackboard jungle kind of movies that I'm bringing up you know in contrast um, but it is quite a really solid uh, solid slice of sort of I would say adult to teen drama it can work for either way it doesn't feel patronizingly talk uh talked down to as, as regards its uh, its teen characters I will say that which is Mm. To be honest, quite refreshing.
1: Welcome back to Offscreen. Now we're keeping you very firmly in the limited seats of the cinema for these next two movies as well. Remember, if Downton isn't available for you to watch, these are the options. I'm not saying they're good, I'm not saying they're bad, I'm just saying they're available. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: These (laughs) films exist.
1: (laughs) These exist. So, the next film is available in cinemas and also video on demand. Uh, This one is called Your Mum and Dad. It is a movie which starts with the Philip Larkin poem. Um, your mum and dad, which I'm not going to say the other bits to that particular poem. If you've read yep, it, you'll yep. know it. Mm-hmm, if You studied mm-hmm. it at A level, you'll remember it. Um, and um, it follows the story of a documentary filmmaker. Um, Van will have her name shortly for us. Who <laughs> basically
0: oh, Cheers oh, for dropping me in it there.
1: <laughs> sorry, um, I can't pronounce it. Um, I'm going. Mitch I'm Heather's... going
0: with the. Cla- I'm going with Clartier Quir- 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 Quirian. Classy Aquarian. Classy Aquarian we're going with, that's her name. There we go. And
1: and she is the mother of two daughters. Um, She has been, I suppose, documenting a, a friend stroke colleague of hers who's been having therapy for the last 15 years of sitting in on his therapy sessions and filming them. And then she finds something wrong with her left breast and that inspires her to start turning the camera on herself to what I can, which, which ultimately uncovers the fact that there is a devastating truth that opens up about her own family as well. But all I can say about this is before you hear it yourself, there is going to be one of the most self-indulgent pieces of cinema you've ever seen. I think that parents who are traumatized do on some level ask the child to help them with that trauma. How did she get to a place where she did that to to me? And I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's it's a general problem we have. How do you blame somebody when they're that way for their own reasons?
0: I I can't even really begin to pretend with with this one, to be honest, Bex. I I, I really can't. This was. um, I once spent 18 hours um, in in, in an airport in Romania. And it was uh, during what seemed to be a dead weekend. It was a long night. There was only one store, it didn't sell many things. This was the early 1990s. And, uh, oh God, it was one of the most horrific, dull, elongated, unending experiences. <laughs> rather like this anecdote. And I do this only because it's a comparable contrast to actually watching your mom and dad. I love the fact that you pointed out, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm breaking with the cutaway now. Good Lord, who puts this out there? Jeez. Okay, so I start watching this thing. And you pointed it out brilliantly when you said, you know, that Philip Larkin poem that you all remember from A-Levels. Right, that's it. That's it right there, Bex. Because that this smacks of, of, of being the creation of someone. We heard that at A-Level. It stuck with them, and they've just carried that with them for the rest of their life to whip out every time someone questions their intelligence, as if it's some kind of, oh, I can't be dumb because I remember this thing from A-Level, and they do it at dinner parties. <laughs> Conveniently enough, the exact same place where you'd run into your... Your friend's weirdly well-off uh bohemian girlfriend at a, at a dinner party who, who'd like endlessly talk about this project they were doing and how they were filming this thing and this is what you'd see this is what they would bring up on their phone and show you every single time garbage like this this kind of self-indulgent pretentious boho waffle oh my god i mean and that's before you get to the actual uh, i the, the actual practical the I'm not even, yeah. not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the the legal side of this. Like, is this thing not a malpractice case waiting to happen? I mean, oh. I know that someone has to have signed off on this on the therapist end, but you are literally broadcasting like people's therapy sessions. It, 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 I know that that's been consented to, but obviously it's not the most informed of consents. Because also, why? What what relevance does it have to anything ever? This just feels like a bunch of crap, random assorted crap thrown into a crap bag and rattled around to create a new, more more shapely amorphous bo- uh, blob of merged crap,
1: super crap, well, as it were. You've you've forgotten one one essential piece of addition to the crap that's thrown What's into that? this movie. Go on the archival footage that is thrown in to give it life
0: (laughs) the old crap the old crap
1: (laughs) the old crap but no one of the things that really stood out for me was there was there was a black and white film of a woman throwing knives at a toddler um as part of like a circus act and i was like what the hell am i watching what Uh (laughs) what is this
0: I, I, By the way, I, it was.
1: It was to caveat that it was god. knives around the toddler, not at the toddler. But it was part of a you know a knife throwing act that there is. I I you
0: will know. be really honest with you. After how long was this? It was an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, oh my god. <laughs> oh my. Like let's be honest, Bex, You and I have been in this job long enough. We've all been invited to uh, real world premieres of films that have turned out to be things like this. And you have to stand around the lobby afterwards and pretend to be really charmed by it. And I can honestly say, in the case of this one, I would simply run through the nearest plate glass window, leaving a van-shaped hole behind. <laughs> just, you know just d- disappearing, screaming into the night.
1: I just, good lord! Uh, look, um, uh, uh, good lord! But I just—I well, think the biggest gripe that I have is I don't understand how anyone else watched it and went, "This is good." Yeah, yeah, this is something that I think if it's for her to help herself get through this trauma, she should do it, but for only herself to watch it, because no one else wants to see it.
0: Yeah, I I mean, oh. Uh, oh, I remember a poem. Here's my friend's therapy. And by the way, I know how Final Cut works. Anyway, let's move on to We're (laughs) All Going to the World's Fair. I mean, I will say, actually, not that well it's worth pointing out, because if you're an editing nerd, there's, there's some glaring slip Terrible, terrible thing. editing. There's some there, some yeah. really bad edits in there, actually. But that's... We're, we're, we're getting petty. You know? let's, let's not do that. Okay, so let's move on to... Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. This, I think this premiered in the US uh, about 10 days ago, something like that. I had not heard of it until... i, I just arrived in the US at that time. And it, Twitter was alive and everyone was talking about this thing. It was rather like everything everywhere all at once. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's out here. I should, I should try and catch this. You might actually get a link for it. It's coming out in the UK today um this is in cinemas is this cinema exclusive in the uk or cinemas and VOD? Mm, I have really it cinemas from today it cinemas from today okay cinemas from today in the uk um i think it was on hulu in the us might be the thing um so this is you get. At I, I, first, this is edited and structured. I initially thought this was Scottish. I started watching like, oh, it's Scottish. Weird. Turns out, <laughs> no, no, it's 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 American, and it's just I misheard because it was a short sentence. I misheard and took Scottish away from that. I am a fool, clearly. So um, James and I practiced this surname as well. James Schoonram. <laughs> James Gurn Brown uh, writes and directs this relatively kind of to camera kind of found footage like horror tale really that stars Anna Cobb as Casey who undertakes this online sort of role-playing horror game which is kind of like an online Bloody Mary thing am mm. I am I reading this right basically this this right did you, did you get to watch this one
1: no I didn't I didn't and I kind of oh, okay. wish having the ones that I had what you had given this one a shot <laughs>
0: <laughs> she undertakes a sort of a, uh, you know in the same way we all did the ice bucket challenge, well this one goes around as a sort of a horror version of that. They're all like spreading the ring video or something. And she undertakes this challenge where you say, I want to go to the World's Fair over and over and supposedly it summons like a malevolent force, like a Candyman type thing. And she decides to document what actually happens, you know, for her followers when she does this. And gets contacted by someone who wants to, you know, help her along the way, who has seen this firsthand and, and wants to try and school her to get her out of it and of course as you can imagine well this being slightly horror tinged things ratchet up so you want to join the internet's scariest online horror game we can't be held responsible for what you become all you have to do to get started is take the challenge i don't know what to expect i want to go to the world's fair I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. So, I will say, I, I, this is very neony. It's a very neony mm. one, Max.
1: Yeah, so I haven't watched this, but I have seen that the Gun loved mm-hmm. this and gave it four stars, which made me think I wish I'd chosen to watch this instead of the ones <laughs> I did watch.
0: But no, you disagree. I, I do disagree. Yeah. I think, uh, not nice effort, but I do you know it's no more particularly remarkable than a billion of the sort of directed directed DVD kind of horror things you and I see mm. all the time. Like we've seen, it, it, it's a calling card of clearly there is a talented voice behind it. I don't think that voice has particularly gotten to say very much with this, other than mm. hello, I'm a voice, I exist. I don't think anything has particularly been said by by that voice, but I, I think it's a good calling card for it. And I'm going. I am referring to Jane Schoonbrand when I say that. Um, having said that, Anna Cobb in the lead is pretty good as well. Not overly mm. familiar with her. What, should we pull this up now. It's going to turn out she was the second lead in Emma or something like that. Uh, no, no, <laughs> obviously not. Thanks, Cobb, for that. I like call that by like that. But so, now Jane Scunbren, I think calling card on this one, but it didn't blow me away and it does seem to have really been taken to heart by the horror community so i will say if you if you are part of the you know the diehard horror tribe you're part of horror squitter for instance you've not seen this, jump on apparently this is very much for you i left it feeling a little underserved quite cold by it like i had really been watching more mm. of a sizzle reel but you know fair play it does seem to have its fans
1: welcome back to off screen now we have taken you on that wild ride of the cinema (laughs) yes i am saying that in a sarcastic tone and bringing you to something that i think is actually gonna pique your attention a little bit more it's what's on the small screen the seven day guide to your telly box top movies on the telly box and i have to say don't worry guys stick with us these are so much better and we are kicking off Oh yeah, we're kicking off with a film that I know both you and Ivan absolutely loved when this came out and we watched the screening for it. It's on 10.45pm on Film 4. It's Ready or Not.
0: Yeah, Ready or Not, which was this, I think this was 2019. I think this was like fall 2019. We watched it not long before before the end of the decade and COVID. Uh, But this starts Sam weaving in what I think... Without COVID, would have been an immediately star-making turn. I feel like we would have seen more of her by now if it hadn't well, she's, been for COVID. Uh, she's the she's bride. Quite, on.
1: She's, well, I was just going to say she's kind of Margot Robbie's doppelganger
0: almost. It's a bit <laughs> the of younger a, sister type.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a hard one for her because she can't really, you know, when you've got such a big star name as Margot Robbie doing all the stuff, she's probably stolen all those roles. So.
0: Well, actually I think what that means is because Margot Robbie gets to go and do the big star making ones, uh, Sam Weaving gets to do the more interesting ones like Ready or Not and like the G.I. Joe thing, the more fun darker ones, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the case of Ready or Not, you have the bride who's married into the rich board game empire family who must, as part Mm -hmm. of the ritual the the family mysteriously have, undertake a game of hide and seek on her wedding night. A game of hide and seek that may in fact prove murderous. I have to call the others.
1: No, you don't. No. You can help me, please.
0: This doesn't end well for you. I just don't want to be the one to serve you up. Daniel,
1: I'm begging you.
0: I'm really sorry about all this. It's true what they say. The rich really are different. I'll give you a 10 second head start. That's ready or not there on Film 4 tonight. 10.45, perfect hour for it as well, I think, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and actually just a barrel of laughs and good fun and not what you'd expect when you first Mm. go into watching this. So please, it's a great Friday night movie for you, as is a good Saturday night movie. Um, This one is obviously a classic. uh, Saving Private Ryan on uh, five star, 9 p.m. Saturday that epic war movie the search for Matt Damon's character the bat if you were like ever kind of watching Band of Brothers and everything at the time it was didn't this, this
0: gave us this actually directly gave us Band of Brothers I think didn't it because yeah, this so teens like, Hanks and, and Spielberg up in that sort of style isn't it
1: and it was like it sort of kick-started that era of like a real love in cinema and TV for for military style kind of movies that weren't sort of, you know, jump top jocks going yeah. It kind of had that real, um, I suppose, human element to it if that
0: makes It sense. also, yeah, because it ties in around that time as well with the rise of the home console embrace of the early Medal of Honours and Call of Duty mm. games back when these mm. games were all World War type first And whole cultural movement. We seem to re-popularise World War II <laughs> at the uh, the end uh, sort of mid to, mid to late 90s, weirdly. But Saving Private Ryan, absolute banger. And I believe the first time I think um, uh, American cinema committed itself to rescuing Matt Damon something that would become a tradition for <laughs> decades to come and uh, you can see that 9pm Saturday night on 5 star it's a good one I, I, you would think like a, a two and a bit hour war movie would not work on a Saturday night but same Private Ryan it does it's, it's quite a rompy popcorn uh, popcorn ride in World War 2 despite the fact that it's mm. got kind of bags of heart and soul um, on to something a little weirder for Sunday night <laughs> then film 4 10 past 11 we got a clip for this one the dressmaker so film four this is Kate Winslet and Hugo Weaving uh, remarkable to yeah. get to see Hugo Weaving return to his cross-dressing groups if you're Priscilla Queen of the, Queen of the Desert fan as I am it's nice to see him embracing uh the, the the lighter fabrics uh once more do you remember this one Max?
1: I do so Kate Winslet is like a dressmaker who finds herself in like an outback Australian mm. town and I can't remember the time period for this is it like the 30s or something some sort of I, I believe it's about
0: that, but she's trying to escape her uh, her disgraced past, and of course mm. it comes to the the small town uh, with her. And I really liked it. Uh, I did, I did as well. Dior.
1: Very good, Sergeant Ferret. My design, but Dior inspired.
0: Myrtle Dunnage. Tilly. You grew up. You got old. Sad, but true what have i done this time fine leather can be irreparably damaged by moisture and mildew Tilly,
1: how's my mother
0: molly doesn't get out much these days did anyone know you were coming they'll know soon enough Winslet and weaving there. So, see the dressmaker. Incidentally, I think I wound up on some of the marketing somewhere for this, for the uh, the, the the pull quote, uh, The dressmaker will have you in stitches which is <laughs> one of my worst puns ever. Uh, one that I did not get a pull quote for. I don't think many people actually even attempted to come up with one for, though. Uh, 2019's Men in Black International is on Monday night, 9pm on Four. This is one of those best of a bad bunch kind of situations. Although, you know, I think this did make more money internationally, funnily enough, given the title, than it did in the US. F. Gary Gray's... <laughs> what did Gary Gray ever do to you? F. Gary Gray's uh, directed reboot of the Men in Black series to in which the uh, the titular suits are filled by none other than Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, and this time taking on a sort of a race of uh, imposter aliens. Effectively, they sort of the imposter aliens who disguise themselves as humans and who seem to have mm. taken over the MIB. Um, it's got its moments. Kumail Nanjiani's is yeah. a lot of fun as a little, like, three inch tall alien. I think you I
1: always forget. say that about Kumail Nanjiani. You love him. Uh, and you I love Kumail. Yeah. Um, you know what? I just think with with films like this that reboot something that is that also kind of doesn't feel like it ages massively, I think to mm. completely not have Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in it in any way, shape or form doesn't make spent, sense at
0: all. I spent the entire movie waiting for, you know, the cameo. Some I, I cameo, honestly did. Yeah. I thought, because they do have Emma Thompson from the third one. Mm. Emma Thompson's the only returning player, I think. And if you think about it, you can always get a you can always get a pug, to be frank. That's not, it's not exactly difficult to recast Frank. But and, and obviously we can't have Rip Torn back. But you know, what I mean just ah, there's a faint reference to Will Smith and, and Tommy Lee Jones in the form of the painter. Yeah, but... but that's it. You're thinking, really? You couldn't have like, just gotten yeah. Tommy Lee in to do, the, do the, the, the 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 Liam Neeson bit or something like that. Just, yeah, just, just, just
1: uh, I don't know. You know, like the fact is that we're seeing Val Kilmer uh yeah. cameoing in some way shape or form in the new Top Gun Maverick like we don't know how that's going to happen, but it's easy to do that. And if you can do that with Val Kilmer by using an, an artificial intelligence voice for him, you know, to yeah. make that all work, then why couldn't you have brought back Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in this? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's well, move well, on. I mean,
0: yeah, especially especially when you consider that we have an actor who has played a younger version of Tommy Lee Jones in the form of Josh Brolin. But anyway, that's that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, just this is one of those that we just have to acknowledge just every time it's on because it's great. Uh, Tuesday night, nine PM on Turner Classic Movies TCM, a channel we rarely. Referred to uh, Pacific Rim is on. It's on quite a bit at the moment, but it's on nine PM on Tuesday night. Um, there's nothing else really good on on Tuesday night, so I'd recommend watching it. It's a banger. Yeah. It's effectively t- it's effectively Power Rangers meets Top Gun. What more do you want from a movie? Imagine that concept with Idris Elba, with Charlie Hunnam on final Anton Jord form, with Charlie Day and Ben Gorman hamming it up. It was almost Victor Frankenstein like mad scientists. It's great. It's an it's an Absolute. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got a great score. It's got great visual effects, cinematography. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie with is giant it, is it robots. One?
1: Is it this one or is it the sequel where, where Idris gets his, his like any given Sunday kind of moment?
0: I'm <laughs> like sorry. Kind of Id- do, you, do, do you mean this? Today. Today.
1: At the edge of our hope. the end of our time we have chosen not only to believe in ourselves but in each other today there's not a man nor woman in
0: here that shall stand alone not today today we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them today we are canceling the apocalypse (laughs) Yes, oh, yeah, that's the one. Pacific yeah. Rim, Tuesday night, 9 p.m., go. TCM. Right, to finish the week off then in style, though. Skyscraper, the Dwayne Johnson one backs. Film four, 9 p.m. on Wednesday. Do you remember this one?
1: Oh, well, I re- certainly remember the poster, which <laughs> I remember the nerds all came out and were like, that would never happen. He could never make that jump. It doesn't work. And I loved it. <laughs> Return of Neve Campbell as well onto the big screen yes. um, for, after quite a long time playing. I think that's his wife, isn't it? In it, And uh, yeah, I can't, I mean, you watch it once. You don't really need to watch it again, but it's good old fashioned, the rock fun, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is, isn't it? You you knew what The Rock doing PG-13 Die Hard was going to play like. It's fine. It's better than any of the Die Hard sequels we've had for the last 20 years. Let's put it that way. But uh, anyway, we'll round out the week with a movie that is on fairly often, but I got to revisit this recently and the TV show that follows it as a sequel. And I'm a big fan of this movie. I'm not going to lie. I've never read read the book, funnily enough. 9pm Great Movies Thursday night. Bradley Cooper in Neil Berger's Limitless. Um, which, in which he's uh, he's the, the, the struggling author who takes a, a pill named mm. called NZT that unlocks the ability to access every part of your mind, turns you into a, a super genius, that of course, and what you basically get is a flowers for Algernon uh, type situation, uh, in which of course, you know the, the great boost in intellect comes, comes at a Faustian cost. Uh, this made something of a five minute star of Neil Berger for his directorial style, which is incredible in this is it, really incredibly st- specifically stylized movie there's loads of great in camera and in in the editing stage trickery um at play here he got to do the divergent series i think after this was in yeah. D- uh, divergent or hunger games I think it was divergent. No, I think Francis it was also. divergent. I think it was it divergent. Was divergent uh, which was a great match for him, but of course that's that franchise didn't quite work out. And of course, this was the big platform for Bradley Cooper before he went off and became an Oscar baby. Uh I like Limitless very much. It's a movie I, I will go back yeah. and watch every couple of years. Right
1: it, isn't it?
0: De, Niro De Niro is right in it. it, Abby Cornish is in there as as well. Mm-hmm. Loads of uh, that guy from that thing. Kind of uh, mm. kind of faces that you'll notice in there as well, but I think a great one to end the week on. It's 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 ripped. It, it, it's it's quite a ripped pace. It's it's you know it's quite breezy, slick, stylish, fun, cool. You will care. It does keep you in suspense. You don't quite know where it's going to go, or what he's going to come up with next. But more importantly, like I say, it is like nothing else you've seen.
1: Welcome back to Offscreen for one last ride. We are taking you through everything that is in between the big screen and small screen. It is what is available on streaming DVD and Blu ray. And I'll tell you what, this week we're monkeying around a little bit. (laughs) We have got some Planet of the Apes plethora of movies for you, which I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, And it's all courtesy of Disney Plus. So kicking off today, we've got Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Now, Van, you have to remind me what order they come in because I remember, I, I, I can kind of go, this one was my favourite, but this one wasn't, and da 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 da
0: What we've got now is Disney Plus are basically going to fill out the the missing spaces in their Apes collection because, weirdly, I think they've had uh, a Dawn of and War War for the Planet of the Apes in their library already. Rise, which started that reboot trilogy, that ah, know, remake one. trilogy, or reboot trilogy, however you want to see it, um, that's coming so the whole caesar and the circus trilogy now on disney plus this is the one that came out in 2011 Uh, this was my second week as a film critic would you believe Uh, starred james franco and david oyolo and it's the story of how the lab monkey caesar became the ape who effectively ended the world mr jacobs Mr. Jacobs, I am begging you, I am begging you not to do this. Look, it will cost a small fortune to run lab workups on all of those chimps only to tell me what I already know, that they are contaminated. There are lives at stake here. These, these are animals with personalities, with attachments. Attachments. Yeah. I run a business, not a petting zoo. Find the most cost-effective way to put those apes down. All right, a bit disingenuous. Technically, we ended the world, and he kind of rose to (laughs) prominence around the same time. But yeah,
1: why is the first one the last one to come out on Disney (laughs) Plus? I don't
0: know. I've no idea. I could not begin to tell you. But speaking of, the, you know, filling out the ranks, they have also had Planet of the Apes, the original Charlton Heston, like 68 mm. version in the library for a while. So now we're going to get the rest of that as well. You're going to get chapters two through five of that saga, which off the top of my head are, I think, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and Battle of the Planet of the Apes... Mm-hmm. I think that's the order. And they then effectively form the Caesar story. They are kind of effectively the story of what became of Caesar after the Andy Circus stuff. So the Andy Circus sort of timeline kind of happens weirdly in the middle of it.
1: And am I right in thinking, and you may not know this, but was there mm. a series... Of Planet of the Apes in the 60s. There is,
0: yeah, there is a TV season, a series as well that lasts for a single season. I think that's ah. taken as canon as well, and you can see certain two-parters made into movies sometimes. Because
1: the reason why I say that is that I have a very vague memory of me as a kid. Like turning on Channel Four or something and it was, was on it,
0: there. Was it Star T- was it Star TV when you were in Asia by any chance? Because I watched a lot of it on Star TV in Asia when I was a kid as well.
1: Maybe that that and the Power
0: Rangers. But... <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, Thank you, Star Plus, yeah. for your three PM weekdays Adam Adam West uh broadcasts. Yeah. Got me got me through <laughs> school.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But look, for that reason, that nostalgic reason, like I'm I'm a mm. huge fan of the, the original movies as well and you know I think anyone coming new to them now will kind of go, oh god, look at them! They uh, look terrible compared to. Oh a CGI no,
0: I, I I watched think uh, Conquest, which is the one that that is the most that's kind of the origin story of Caesar in this version. Mm. Kind of this different version of the Andy Circus type character. Um, that's Conquest, which I think is the fourth. And I I rewatched that quite recently. I rewatched that with uh, the release of I think Battle. Uh, so with war in 2018, with the with the anti Circus children closed in 2018, and it's got Ricardo Montalban as his human-like father. And I'm, 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 you know me, I'm a huge Khan guy. You know, I'm a huge Khan dude. Yeah. So Ricardo Montalban gets my money in anything. And uh, Conquest does hold up, like it works as a movie. It feels a little cheap by today's standards. But mm. as a movie, it's still entertaining. It's still gripping. The performance is still there. Roddy McDowell kicks ass in it. Oh, <laughs> but it's like yeah. you can see the whole cinematic saga, maybe not the TV stuff yet, on Disney Plus uh, from today, along with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, bringing the Andy Circus trilogy uh, to completion as well. Uh, also on, uh, on streaming uh, this weekend, and this is one I have a soft spot for in my heart, Backs. Do you remember <clears throat> post-Avatar when uh, they decided to try and convert everything? Into three D, whether it made sense or not. We wound yeah. up with wound up with things like Green Lantern 3D and oh uh, and U two three D. Actually U two three D wasn't bad. And uh, and and Clash of the Titans three D. One that I actually quite enjoyed was Piranha three D, which came out in oh, twenty ten. Do, you know, do
1: you know what? I always remember it being called Piranha Three D. It's not Piranha. Yep. It was always Piranha Three D. <laughs> like that. But I've never seen
0: Exactly it. that exactly that well allow me to put this one to bed for you so piranha 3d (laughs) 2010 stars elizabeth Shue, in effectively the roy scheider in in jaws role she is the single mom slash sheriff of a small spring breaky waterfront town that has a piranha problem on spring break weekend she also has a teenage son who she asked to stay home and babysit his younger brother But you know what? He sees all these spring breakers coming into town, including a Girls Gone Wild style video shoot run by sleazy video producer Jerry O'Connell, who has these two porn stars, one of whom is played by Kelly Brook, and he wants to entice our teenager to take him out on the water on this spring break weekend so he can film some porn underwater. (laughs) Because he's classy like that. By the way, this is all in 3D. Yes, it's Killer Piranhas. And most importantly, yes, Christopher Lloyd. Does appear in this movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my, yeah, that's right. Oh my, oh
0: my. Excuse me, but is that a piranha? Carl,
1: it's not the only one. Yeah, yeah,
0: here, look at this. There are thousands of them, thousands, and they're
1: You know, I've heard of this happening. It's like those baby alligators in New Jersey, someone leaves them and then they breed.
0: What? No, release this fish into the lake.
1: What are you talking about? This particular piranha vanished off the face of the earth more than two million years ago. I don't think it would be right without Christopher Lloyd.
0: No, it wouldn't. Also, I want to point out the opening of this movie, I believe, if I remember this correctly, is uh, Richard Dreyfus on a boat in the middle of the water singing Show Me the Way to Go Home to Himself as oh, he's circled God. by piranhas. It's a massive jaws rip. I think this is great fun. Jerry O'Connell, no joke, gets one of my favourite ever on screen deaths in this movie because Brilliant. a part of him gets bitten off by a piranha. In 3D and presented very, very slowly and twitchingly to the audience, to camera, in stereoscopic 3D. Yeah, that's a thing that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So, how can you not love a movie whose sequel is entitled Piranha 3DD? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Right, let's move on swiftly from that. <laughs> That is brilliant. Now we're going to go straight to what's on DVD and Blu-ray um, and to round off the show today. And we've got... Oh
0: we've got the so most got... controversial movie of the year.
1: Yeah. yeah and I assume you're we're talking about... To... Well, no. I I mean, this was kind of controversial just in the sense that people were like, can we talk about periods on screen?
0: People were going nuts on Twitter. They were like, I, how dare you show my children this? How dare you talk about it? I'm like, no, I don't think many kids are going to watch it. It's worth noting that our boys like, actually saw it and just did not care in the slightest. No. <laughs> and to have and to but... now, in, now incorporated turning, turning red and going panda into their vernacular, which I think nice. is incredible. So, turning red, Bex, you want to tell us real quick before the clip?
1: Uh, Well, I haven't actually seen it Oh, (laughs) I probably can't Have
0: you not yet? Oh my god, you are missing out Oh, it's so good
1: I I remember when you reviewed it And you were like, it's really, really good But I I think I read everything about it As opposed (laughs) to actually just watching it
0: <laughs> okay turning turning red then in which uh, I think 13 year old uh, early tw- early 2000s uh, may uh, discovers a family curse that turns her into a giant red panda whenever she's excited as you can hear here this is Are you sick? Is it a fever? A Stomachache? Chills? Constipation? No. Wait, is it that? Did the did the red peony bloom? No. Maybe. <sighs> Turning red, then on DVD and Blu-ray from this coming Monday, the second of May. Uh, one that I know a lot of parents will have to be buying copies of just to, because the rate the kids will burn through these things. Um, honest, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the underside of a child's, the average child's DVD? Oh my god! No. They, 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 oh. We wear and tear on discs, Whoa, like <laughs> savages. Right. Um, speaking of, you'll see the same result in many a student hall of residence, I'm sure. When Jackass Forever comes to DVD and Blu-ray uh, this coming Monday, at least if you're me and it's the mid 2000s, because we went through a lot of screenings of Jackass Two or Jackass Three, which was it, in 2007. Mm. Might have been three. Um, the, yeah, I have a soft spot for the Jackass film series. The boys are back and they're as bumbleheaded as ever so (laughs) you know it's one of those things you do look at it now quite nostalgically it's amazing that we look back on something like jackass with genuine reverence and nostalgia but somehow this actually does manage to tug at the heartstrings you wouldn't think it but it does and it is nice to see most of them all back together there's it's sad to see them all back without ryan dunn as well um but yeah you know it, it, it's just great to see Jackass again I hope there is something of a feeling with this that they are kind of creating a new generation but it's kind of like Scrubs you don't want to see um, a new cast doing it you want, kind of want the OGs I'm,
1: I'm going to tell his husband was so excited to watch this and yeah. he was like trying to find his mates to go and watch it with him to kind of yeah. go back in time didn't manage to do it so he sat down and watched it and I watched a little bit of it I watched the Godzilla style opening with a oh, twist yeah. Shall yeah. we say? Yeah. And and at that point, I walked out. <laughs>
0: went, not for you. Huh? Not
1: went, Not for me. And he was like, "See you later." <laughs> yeah, not my tempo. But for those who grew up watching Jackass, I, I can see why you'd watch this So th- that that is a way to round off today's show. Um, you know what we? I think what we'd say is that you've got some really top telly this week. Uh, definitely <laughs> thank, good, thank God Thank God. Yeah. If you're not watching Downton, stay in. Um. Yeah.
0: Put the yes. If you're not watching Downton, put the telly on. Trust us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what, though? Do you know what, though? I, I can tell you that next week is going to be a little better. It's oh, going to be a little better. We've got comedy, Wild Men. We've got the documentary, Wake Up, Punk. We've got Erica, which I forget what that is. I looked that up and it sounded really good, though. And I forget what it is now, so it can't of um, made that much of an impression. But the one I know we're all going to be talking about next week... Doctor Strange is going into the Multiverse of Madness next week. As well? (laughs) Yeah. So, Moon Knight's going to end, and Doctor Strange will return in the same week next week, so the Marvel Guys can have a field day, uh, as we wait to see what Ezra Miller gets up to in Hawaii next. Meanwhile, (laughs) that's uh, that's about all we've got left over for this week, then. So, I've been Van Conner.
1: And I've been Vex Perfect and shall return.